Pints with Jack, Season 4, Episode 31. After Hours with Dr. Stephen Beebe. Welcome, everyone. Pints with Jack is your weekly C.S. Lewis podcast, where Matt, Andrew, and I break down and discuss the works of C.S. Lewis. This season, we're eavesdropping on the correspondence of a senior demon, Screwtape, as he explains how to tempt the patient, a human assigned to be tempted by Screwtape's nephew, Wormwood. Each week, we'll be considering a different letter, untwisting Screwtape's hellish logic, and forming a battle plan for our own spiritual lives. However, today is a Thursday, and it's therefore an after-hours episode. And today we have a returning guest, Dr. Stephen Beebe, who, if you recall, is Regents and University Distinguished Professor of Communication Studies. He served as Chair of the Department of Communication Studies for 28 years and Associate Dean of the College of Fine Arts and Communication for 25 years. Dr. Beebe has been a visiting scholar at both Oxford and Cambridge University. He teaches courses that focus on communication skill development. He also teaches a course, both at Texas State and Oxford University, titled C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of a Master Communicator, inspired by a manuscript he discovered that was the partial opening chapter of a book that was to be co-authored with J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, called Language and Human Nature. Dr. Beebe, welcome back to Pints with Jack. It's my great pleasure to be here. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the visit. Thank you. What have you been up to since last appearing on Pints for Jack? How have you been faring in the COVID world? Well, I've mostly been staying home, uh, getting familiar with Zoom software like lots <laughs> of other folks, and I've continued my my writing and research uh, regimen. I've been working on a couple of new communication books, and then I have a research project related to C.S. Lewis. Uh, I have an archive of letters about Lewis serving as general editor of a little series of books on medieval and Renaissance literature. So that's been an interesting project. Oh, wonderful. Well, let's crack through the standard sections of the episode, which is the quote of the week, drink of the week, and Patreon toast. So since today we're going to be talking about hellish communication, I thought the quote of the week I'd share would be from the Screwtape Letters, where Hell's philology department is praised by Uncle Screwtape. He writes... In modern Christian writings, though I see much about mammon, I see few of the old warnings about worldly vanities, the choice of friends, and the value of time. All that your patient would probably classify as Puritanism. And may I remark in passing that the value we have given to that word is one of the really solid triumphs of the last hundred years. By it we rescue annually thousands of humans from temperance, chastity, and sobriety of life. And since we're recording this interview at the end of the Christmas season, still in the 12 days, the drink of the week had to be hot cocoa. It's actually some fancy hot cocoa that my employer sent out to all of their employees so they could celebrate the holidays with their family. Are you drinking anything? I am today. I I am drinking. um, Last time we visited and we talked about Lewis and I have an acronym for Lewis's communication principles that uh, forms the word or the acronym high T. So I thought today, since we're talking about screw tape and hell, uh, I thought we needed some iced tea today. To cool <laughs> so my beverage today is some iced tea. And very much inspired by Dante, because in Dante's hell, at the very center, Satan isn't in flames, but he's encased in ice. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so. And so today we wanted to toast Grace Aiken, our first Patreon supporter in my home country of England. So, Grace, may you always be able to clearly say what you mean and really mean what you say. 
Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. So for those people who are joining this podcast relatively recently and haven't had a chance to listen to the episode where you first appeared on the show, could you just give us a quick rundown of how you first became involved in the C.S. Lewis community? I'd be happy to. I first went to Oxford uh, in 1990 and was just smitten by the place and said, I need to find a way to come back. And so I did. I had a sabbatical in 1993 working on a, a book about interpersonal communication. But I said, you know, I think this is where C.S. Lewis did some work or reading, and I didn't know much about Lewis. I had not read any of C.S. Lewis. So I picked up a biography of Lewis, was smitten by him. I thought, what an interesting person. And then I decided to do some reading of Lewis. And that's when, as I continued to read Lewis, I saw Lewis had lots of things to say about communication. And given my background as a communication professor, I said, this might be an interesting research project. So my interest in Lewis started with Lewis, but then emerged and evolved into a study of Lewis and communication. And a lot of that culminated in your book, C.S. Lewis and the Craft of Communication. Uh, Once again, listeners should go back and listen to the earlier interview. Uh, But just right now, at a high level, a quick recap, what was it that made Lewis such a good communicator? Well, and there's certainly lots of evidence that he was a good communicator. And I think based on the sales of his books, he still is a good communicator. And in the course of reading Lewis, I identified five principles, five categories of Lewis as he approaches the study of communication. Uh, Briefly, uh, number one, Lewis is holistic. He writes for the eye and the ear. He integrates reason and imagination, rhetoric, dialectic, and the poetic. He's holistic, and that's one of the things that makes him effective. Second, he is intentional. He's clear. He's brief. He's to the point. He has a point, and he knows what that is, and he wants us to know what that is, too. So we've got holistic, intentional. Third, transpositional. Uh, transposition, one of Lewis's uh, famous sermons that he gave, is about how we go from higher, richer, loftier communication experiences and how we communicate those to make them lower or accessible. And I summarize that as how we make the ineffable effable. Lewis was an expert at that. And so I talk about how Lewis does that. Uh, Fourth principle is to evoke which is the communication maxim, it's better to get a message out of someone than to put one in them. Lewis was an expert at that through his use of story, poetry, myth. He knew how to get messages out of us. He knew how to catch, uh, help us catch something in that net that he would create in his plots. And finally, the, the fifth principle Uh, He was audience-centered. When people read Mere Christianity, so many of them say, you know, it's like I'm having a conversation with him. It's like he knows me. I think throughout Lewis's works, he always has the audience in mind. He's other-oriented. He's focused on the audience. So he's holistic, intentional, transpositional, evocative, and audience-centered. And those five principles form the acronym High T, 
And so that helps me remember those five principles. And that's summarized in my book, C.S. Lewis and the Craft of Communication. And I would definitely recommend the book for a couple of reasons. One, it will change the way that you read Lewis. If you have high tea in your head as you're reading him, every now and again a little a little a little light will go off when you realize, ah, I see what he's doing here. And it's also really good for getting a really broad survey of Lewis's writings as you draw from all of the different examples where he is holistic, uh, audience-centered, transitional, etc. Thank you. I, I when, when I first started out, I didn't really start out with, okay, let me find these five principles of Lewis. I just read Lewis and started describing anytime he mentioned something about words, meaning, language, communication, um, I would write that down. And then it was after about 10 years of reading Lewis, I said, let me see what I have here. And that's when I began to sort through and identify these five baskets of ideas. So it's it was just a lot of fun. And I'm still finding those ideas as I continue to, to read Lewis, and I hope readers do too. Yeah, it definitely makes your reading richer. Much in the same way Lewis compared looking along and looking at as two different ways of knowing. In the same way when you're reading Lewis, you can both be uh, immersed in his world and in his arguments and in, 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 the, in the ideas he's putting forward and then switch out into the other mode and see what he's doing and appreciate it again in a whole new way. Yes, and, and what I found interesting, not only does he do these things, but he writes about them. All of these five things are things that he has explicit recommendations. Lewis, I argue, really should be considered a communication professor, not just a professor of uh, medieval and Renaissance literature. He was very interested in meaning and language and words. And, and I just found that uh, uh, very exciting to me that, that my own profession uh, overlapped with C.S. Lewis. Well, let's get on to the reason that you're here today. Yes. Back when we recorded your last interview, you mentioned that you'd also been looking into the Screwtape letters and examining Uncle Screwtape's communication style in pursuit of his diabolical ends. And regular listeners will know that this season we've been going through letter by letter through the Screwtape letters, and we're now a little over halfway. So we thought that now would be a really good time to bring you on uh, to talk about Screwtape's communication. So... What is it that you have started to uncover as you've been studying screw tape? Well, in in looking at screw tape letters, and of course, now that I have these principles of Lewis, I wondered, could I find this in screw tape's advice? And I thought it was interesting that even Lewis's idea for this book started with a speech. It was a speech by Hitler. He says, I don't know if I'm weaker than other people. But it is a positive revelation to me how while the speech lasts, and he's talking about Hitler, while the speech lasts, it is impossible not to waver just a little. I should be useless as a schoolmaster or a policeman. Statements which I know to be untrue all but convince me at any rate for the moment, if only the man says them unflinchingly. Uh, Lewis realized that there were bad people who could be convincing. And that's when he says he got the idea to write about devilish communication. And he says, uh, but he talks about that, uh, and then he mentions going to a church service on July uh, 20th, 1940. He says, before the service was over, one could wish these things came more seasonably. I was struck by the idea for a book which I might be both useful and entertaining. It would be called As One Devil to Another. 
He ends in talking about the idea would, would be to give all the psychology of temptation from the other point of view. So he's specifically thinking about psychology. Well, I think uh, C.S. Lewis, in addition to thinking about psychology, is also thinking about, not surprisingly, from a communication professor, I think he's thinking about communication too. Mm. Uh, the definition of communication that I like is how we make sense out of the world and share that sense with others through creating meaning through verbal and nonverbal messages. Well, psychology is about how we make sense out of the world. But what Lewis does in this book is he shares that sense. So that's where I think he's interested in messages. And the book really catalogs uh, the devil's approach to what kind of messages what kind of communication is useful and helpful? So that, that was one argument that I make for why I think the Screw Tape Letters is really a treatise on the devil's guide to communication. Recently, the wife and I have been watching the TV show Community. I had seen it before. She hadn't seen any of it. And there's one character in there called Jeff, and he was a former lawyer. And you see throughout the seasons that his skill is convincing people. Yes. Convincing people of whatever he needs. And initially it starts off always being very selfish. He's just he's just trying to get to the bottom line for what's going to make him happy, what's going to help him reach his goals. And over the course of the of the show, you see that well what he was previously using for evil <laughs> eventually starts being used for good and the nurturing of the group and helping other people uh, achieve what what they're seeking, not just his own shallow ends. Yes, yes. Well, screw tape is good at providing communication to help people get to their shallow ends. And that's what he does best. I, I think it's interesting, David, that the, uh, the famous 1947 cover of Time magazine, September 8th, that uh, many uh, listeners may have seen, but the feature of that cover is the devil whispering in C.S. Lewis's ear. And the classic portrayal of, of good and evil, there's an angel whispering in one side and the devil whispering in the other side. And to me, that suggests, uh, what is he saying? What's the message? What's the communication? And the screw tape letters is advice uh, about what to whisper, what to say. So it's primary. It's, it's not it's more than just about psychology. It's about how do we make those messages clear? to others. And again, it started with a speech. I even think it's interesting that in uh, the uh, the edition, Screwtape proposes a toast. It's a speech. It's a toast. In fact, Lewis says in the preface to uh, Screwtape proposes a toast that he thought about, well, I've been thinking about some kind of lecture or some kind of address that the devil could give. So again, even Lewis is thinking about, it's about messages and how can we have this devil provide uh, uh, devilish messages. Uh, so, I, so I think screw tape, it can be argued, is really about communication messages. The screw tape is really a communication consultant. So he's telling <laughs> his nephew, here's what to say. And uh, I periodically serve as a communication consultant. I'm a communication trainer and I give talks and I help people communicate. Well, that's what screw tape's doing, but he's helping him communicate in the style of the devil. And uh, so the screw tape letters really are communication advice based on devilish psychology, but enacted through sharing those messages with others. It's, it's what the devil does that whispers in our ear. That's the advice. And that's what I find throughout the screw tape letters. 
as to why the screw tape letters really can be looked at as, as a communication message, as a communication treatise. Finally, another reason, another insight I have is Lewis in the preface to uh, uh, Screwtape Proposes a Toast says, ideally, Screwtape's advice to Wormwood should have been balanced by Archangelic advice to the patient's guardian angel. Without this, the picture of human life is, life is lopsided. But who could supply the deficiency? So Lewis said, you know, what we really need here is uh, a, a corollary message of goodness. We have screw tape. Um, and, and Lewis says, you know, who, who could, who could do that? Uh, well, I suggest that it was Lewis who did that, that what we have is Lewis's communication, that Lewis's principles of communication provide the balance. Uh, well, there's some recent evidence that Lewis tried, uh, a, a recent article in, uh, Zenzucht, the CS Lewis journal, Brenton Dickieson and Charlie Starr, uh, have found a, a paragraph that Lewis started that he was attempting to write sort of a corollary or uh, opposite approach, an, an angelic approach, but he only got a paragraph and didn't get very far. Uh, well, I think what Lewis wrote, and I think Lewis's principles of communication uh, achieve what Lewis had in mind when he said somebody should write the, the angel version. Well, I think Lewis did. And I think the screw tape letters is his response to those principles of effective communication that Lewis enacted with the devil's guide to communication. And so what is that? What, what is it that you've seen in Screwtape? How does he communicate? How does, how, does he, how does he consult with his nephew in terms of uh, twisting the patient to do his will? Well, when I started looking for these principles, I did the same thing with Screwtape as I did with Lewis. I just started reading Screwtape. And any time I saw Screwtape making explicit references to communication or here's what to say or here's how to approach messages, I made a note of that. Then I went back and said, okay, what do I have here? I was pleasantly surprised uh, and somewhat confirmed that I found five principles, uh, five corollary principles. So let me share with you what, what those are. Whereas Lewis's first principle was to be holistic. Lewis was effective because he was all-encompassing, reason and imagination. The devil's guide to communication is to be limited, to limit what one says. Lewis says, or uh, Screwtape says in letter 15, our business is to get them away from the eternal and from the present. With this in view, we sometimes tempt a human, say a widow or a scholar, to live in the past. It is far better to make them live in the future. Here, screw tape is saying, let's limit what they think about. Don't let them think about the past or the present. Limit them. Let's control what they're focusing on. I think screw tape really, the key evidence that I have for screw tape as a communicator and also in trying to limit is found in the very first paragraph of letter number one. He says, the trouble about argument is that it moves the whole struggle onto the enemy's own ground. He can argue too, whereas in, real, in, in really practical propaganda of the kind I am suggesting, he has been shown for centuries to be greatly the inferior of our father below. So what's Screwtape saying? 
get them off of argument, limit what they talk about. Let's deflect them, limit them. In fact, I think it's interesting that here Screwtape is acknowledging what he's really advocating, and that's propaganda. He says it in in paragraph one of, of letter one. That's what we're about here. And how do you do that? What are, uh, what are the techniques? If you wanted to promote propaganda, what should you do? Well, you should limit. You should not Tell everything you know. You should, uh, uh, Screwtape says, by the very act of arguing, you awake the patient's reason. And once it is awake, who can foresee the result? Uh, again, he's saying the limit, control, guide. Uh, in letter 15, he says, tortured fear and stupid confidence are both desirable states of mind. So, again, he wants to move them to tortured fear and stupid confidence. Screw tape and whispering in our ear uh, doesn't want us to hear everything. He wants to limit and control. And that's at the heart of what propaganda is. So He says repeatedly uh, about keeping things out of the patient's mind. Yes. He wants him to inhabit a smaller world rather than a bigger world. In one of the, one of the letters he speaks about when the patient has a certain uneasiness, when he's, he's feeling like he hasn't been doing very well with his faith recently, he's, he's, he says, okay, we want to use that so that he's like a, someone who's in financial trouble. They don't want to look at their bank account. And right. he says, you'll, you'll eventually get this to such a point that he'll be avoiding God so that you don't even have to give him real pleasures. You can give him scraps of pleasures, just staring at a cold fire. It's all heading in the direction of the gray town from the great divorce. It's small, it's empty, it's limited. It's limited. So rather than being holistic, Screwtape says, be limited. The uh, second principle of Lewis is to be intentional, to be clear. So not surprisingly, Screwtape's principle, I call it obfuscation, to obfuscate. Uh, The definition is to obscure the intended meaning of communication, uh, to confuse, to make it willfully ambiguous, harder to understand. Well, that's what Screwtape does, and he tells us that in letter one again. He says, do remember you are there to fuddle him. From the way some of the R, you young fiends talk, anyone would suppose it was our job to teach. No, (laughs) Screwtape says, uh, fuddle him. Uh, Again, in letter 21, he makes it very clear. We produce this sense of ownership not only by pride, but by confusion. Well, that's the very definition of what obfuscation is. Uh, letter two, he says, and again, this is classic, classic screw tape advice. Keep everything hazy in his mind now, and you will have all eternity wherein to amuse yourself by producing in him the particular kind of clarity which hell affords. Uh, make it ambiguous. Obfuscate. Don't be clear. Uh, hide your true purpose. If screw tape were, if the patient were to know the true purpose, uh, he certainly wouldn't want to listen. Uh, just as any dictator or propaganda, if we were to know the true purpose, uh, Lewis, on the other hand, was always intentional, whereas screw tape obfuscates. There's another great example in screw tape proposes a toast. He says, democracy is the word with which you must, must lead them by the nose. The good work in which our philological experts have already done in the corruption of human language makes it unnecessary to warn you that they should never be allowed to give the word a clear and definable meaning. 
mean, that's so clear in what Screw Tapes. He 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 tips his hand. It's about language. It's about meaning. It's about make it unclear. Use words where he'll think something else. Do not be clear in what you say. And then I like what uh, well, I don't like it, but here's what Screw Tape says. Here's another piece of advice <laughs> in letter twenty two. He says, music and silence, how I detest them both. What is Screwtape like? Noise. Noise, the grand dynamism, the audible expression of all that is exultant, ruthless, and virile. Noise which alone defends us from silly qualms, despairing scruples, and impossible desires. So, uh, rather than being clear, be unclear. Rather than trying to, to provide message fidelity, Use noise, um, confuse, fuddle, uh, make it unclear, obfuscate. Uh, in, in, in letter 21, 21, he says, success here depends on confusing him. So very clear, uh, devilish guide to communication. So when someone's trying to confuse you, uh, don't be surprised if you smell a little sulfur. Uh, that's one of the trademarks of whispering in your ear to suddenly fuddle and confuse you. Uh, keep everything hazy, uh, noise, distraction. That's the principle of screw tape. And repeatedly we see the philological arm of hell. It does things with words. It used to mean one thing. We're going to slowly move it over to something else. And the flip side of that in Lewis, the angelic side of things, makes me think of uh, the preface to Mere Christianity, where people criticize Lewis for saying, who are you to say who is a Christian and who isn't? Wouldn't it be much better to make it broader and deeper and more spiritual? And he says, that's fine, but you then end up ruining a useful word. All, all you're using the word Christian for is just a man that you like. And, and we have other words for that. Yes, yes. Lewis was about clarity. And again, that's one of his hallmarks. That's why Lewis is so popular. That's why mere Christianity is so popular. It is easily accessible. It is, it's not confusing. It, it's clear what his idea is. Screwtape is very familiar with uh, the philological with language and words. In fact, recommends using words that can have double meanings so that Screwtape can achieve his rhetorical objectives. So yes, he's very skilled at doing that. <laughs> Principle number three. So we have he is screw tape is limited. Screw tape obfuscates. Uh, where Lewis, principle number three, was transposition, which is going from the higher to the lower. For principle number three for screw tape, screw tape is blasphemous, which what Better could go from the lower to the higher was is blasphemy uh, to to uh, speak irreverently about God or things sacred. God is the enemy. What could be more blasphemous than that? In the fifth chapter of Isaiah, we hear these words: "Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet bitter." Well, that's what screw tape does. Screw tape is, by definition, uh, says things that are inaccurate. In the uh, original preface to the screw tape letters, Lewis says this readers are advised to remember that the devil is a liar. <laughs> so, again, uh, where uh, blasphemy is the devil's stock in trade. Uh, 
that the devil loves to say things that are just the opposite, that are, instead of calling God good, God is the enemy. Here are a couple of other examples of, I think, screw tape being blasphemous. He says in letter five, of course, a war is entertaining. The immediate fear and suffering of humans is a legitimate and pleasing refreshment for our myriads of toiling workers. But what permanent good does it do us unless we make use of it in bringing souls to our father below? Uh, war is entertaining. Again, I would suggest uh, what could be more blasphemous than that? Here's another from letter five that I think is is the hallmark of blasphemy. Screwtape says, how much better for us if all humans died in costly nursing homes amid doctors who lie, nurses who lie, friends who lie, as we have trained them, promising life to the dying, encouraging the belief that sickness excuses every indulgence, and even if our workers know their job, withhold all suggestions of a priest, lest it should betray to the sick man his true condition. Again, what could be more blasphemous than that? And as we think about the pandemic that we're currently experiencing, and, and to, to think about how much better for us if all humans died in costly nursing homes, what could be more blasphemous than that? But that's what Screwtape tells us. That's what Screwtape is whispering. That's the communication advice that he gives. The God is the enemy. Uh, if that's not calling uh, the reverse of, of good, uh, bad, and, and bad, good, I don't know what is. So Screwtape is limited. He obfuscates and uh, is a hallmark of blasphemy, of calling good, bad. And the example that jumped into my head was his description of the patient's girlfriend. Ah. She seems wonderful, reading between the lines, but not to screw tape. She is everything that is wrong with the world. She makes him sick. Yes, yes. And, and so screw tape's advice, his communication advice is, you know, turn that around, make that just the opposite. Uh, that's how you can be effective in your propaganda message. Um, so we have limited, obfuscate, and blasphemy. Those are the communication strategies of uh, screw tape. Let me add a fourth. Or as for Lewis, Lewis was about unlocking messages from us, evoking, having us realize the power of our own uh, insights and how we feel the spirit of God, not screw tape. So principle number four of screw tape is to suppress. To um, uh, in letter four, a screw tape says that the devils do their best work by keeping things out. I mean that's very clearly don't don't. It, it's related to limited, but it's also more active than that. It's actively keep him from those thoughts. So uh, limited was offering a smaller point of view, yes. whereas this is actively keeping bigger views out. Yes, Lewis says our screw tape says in Lewis in letter number two. Never let it come to the surface. Never let him ask what he expected them to look like. Don't let it come to the surface. Suppress. Keep it, keep it away from him. Uh, William O'Flaherty has uh, written a wonderful book called C.S. Lewis Goes to Hell. You probably mentioned it on your program. Well, William counts sc screw tape as saying things like, 
keeping keeping his mind off certain things, to keep things out of his consciousness, to conceal, to hide, to make them forget. Uh, William Counts Screwtape saying that 57 times in the Screwtape letters. So uh, that's pretty good evidence that what Screwtape's trying to do is to suppress those thoughts. When those good thoughts do begin to bubble up, Screwtape says no. Uh, in letter number two, you may ask whether it is possible to keep such an obvious thought from occurring even to a human mind. It is Wormwood. It is. Handle him properly, and it simply won't come into his head. Again, so a suppression is the communication tool of screw tape, and it's also what propaganda is about. Effective propaganda not only limits, but it keeps uh, facts away from others so that you don't see all the facts. You don't see all the evidence. You, uh, uh, you look at things only from a devilish point of view, according to screw, screw tape. So keep things out. Suppress is principle number four. Now, I was looking through your book in anticipation of this and thinking, okay, how's he going to do this? I went and had a little look through high T. And on the evocative one, I actually thought in many ways, Screwtape is evocative, but he's evocative of bad things. For example, when he says, your patient has become humble. Have you drawn his attention to that fact? He's trying to draw something out of the, of the patient, but in a very particular way so that it sort of comes out twisted. It is exactly that. So rather than Lewis's approach to evoke the positive, in persuasion, we are most effectively persuaded if we, if we believe our own data. If, if we have that experience and we say, yes, that's true. Yes, that is beautiful. But Screwtape wants to suppress that. And so what he wants to evoke is the opposite of evoking things pleasurable, but he wants to suppress those ideas. And again, 57 times he mentions how to keep things out um, so that, yes, so that the uh, what he wants to have present is not the good, but the bad. And so that's a very, again, it's a very active, it's not a passive strategy. It's um, key advice to, uh, to Wormwood, suppress, keep it away from him. And keep him operating under his uh, false ideas about himself. The the bit for the Screwtape letters that always cuts me to the core whenever I read it is a section where the patient is, he, he's trying to encourage the patient to think about things as his, mine, in particular his time. And uh, yeah, I suppose you can draw that out of out of somebody by making sure that good sense doesn't intrude upon them, like un making, making them realize how ridiculous it is to call anything mine. Right. Since everything is a gift. Right. And, and it's really that that leads to the final principle. For Lewis, Lewis is about focusing on the audience. The uh, A of high T is being audience-centered. When you read Lewis, it's like he knows you. And so Lewis also encourages us to think about others, to be other-oriented. Well, not screw tape. Well, the opposite of being other-oriented or audience-centered is to be self-centered. Are self-focused. And this is this is really consistent with what Lewis tells us about his own theology. In Lewis's autobiography, in the chapter titled Check, Checkmate, he says, the, the one principle of hell is, I am my own. 
uh, or in The Great Divorce, where it's also their contrast between heaven and hell. We get some ideas about Lewis's approach to what hell is. Uh, the door to hell is locked on the inside. He clarifies, there are only two kinds of people in the end, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell choose it. Without that self-choice, there could be no hell. Well, Screwtape knows that, and Screwtape wants the choice to be about oneself. What's the great sin that Lewis identifies for us? It's the sin of pride. Well, pride is simply a focus on ourself rather than the focus on others. So uh, Screwtape's advice is consistent with that. Here's what he says in letter four. He says, uh, the simplest is to turn their gaze away from him, away from God, towards themselves. What could be more explicit or clearer than that? Keep them watching their own minds and trying to produce feelings there by the action of their own wills. Uh, so Screwtape's advice is, no, don't have them think about others. Don't have them think about God. Keep them thinking about themselves. Keep them self-focused on themselves. Uh, have them want to, again, appealing to pride, uh, Screwtape says in letter 26, the idea of belonging to an inner ring, of, of being in a secret, is very sweet to him. So, again, Lewis has talked about the inner ring, but which is also an allusion to pride. If I'm in the inner ring... I'm in a special exclusive club. I am powerful. I am special. It's about me and my accolades. And so Screwtape says, yeah, encourage him to go there. Encourage him for those uh, the, that enter ring so that the accolades are about himself. In letter 31, Screwtape says, next to the curse of useless tempters like yourself the greatest curse upon us is the failure of our intelligence department if only we could find out what he really is up to well uh, the effective communicator is audience centered is knows what's happening uh, you get some sense here that screw tape uh is limited a little bit he doesn't get to know everything god does it, it's also in screw tape proposes a toast that uh, Lewis makes the point that uh, the devil is not the opposite of God, that God has no opposite, that if you want to think about devils, perhaps uh, their corollary of angels, perhaps, but not God. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God is omnipotent. Uh, the devil doesn't have those resources. The devil is limited uh, himself. But it's about the focus on pride, on the focus on self. Uh, keep your message uh, on him, says Screwtape. Ah, that's when we're. That's when you're successful. There you have it. Five principles. Whereas Lewis was holistic, intentional, transpositional, evocative, and audience-centered. That's the acronym of High T. Screw tape is limited, obfuscates, blasphemous, uh, suppresses, and self-centered. There you have the acronym of low BS. <laughs> so if you want to remember screw tape, uh, in fact, there's an extra S. Uh, 
my friend Michael Ward. Maybe there's extra S. <laughs> when I when I when I shared that with him, I said, Michael, here's here's what do you think about this idea? And when he heard when I, when there were two S's at the end, he said, Well, that, perhaps that's the the hissing of the snake, uh, low BS. So there's an extra S there to add to the hiss of low BS. So uh, so there you have Screw Tape's corollary communication principles. So I suggest that uh, whereas Lewis provides the evidence of um, what are effective communication principles. Um, the, the last chapter in my book, uh, C.S. Lewis and the Craft of Communication, is called How to Communicate Like C.S. Lewis. So I suppose if you were writing a devil's guide to communication, we could come up with a corollary title of how to, how to communicate like the devil. And what I'm suggesting here is, is Lewis has provided that information to us through uh, low BS in his approach to how we communicate with others. And it, it's funny, now that we've flipped it, the, the chiasm that uh, Andrew loves always talking about with, with a lot of Lewis's work where we flipped it, I actually see a little bit more clearly how a lot of these principles are self-reinforcing. So, for example, because Screwtape wants people to focus on the self, it's automatically limiting Yes. And it's automatically blasphemous. Yes. It's, it, they, they each reinforce the other. They do. Just as uh, to be focused on the audience is holistic. And there's an intention about that. So these principles do reinforce. There, there, is, uh, there is a wisdom and an intelligence about the collection of these principles, I believe. And these are not, um, these are not Steve Beebe's principles. Uh, I did label them, but they come from Lewis. There's C.S. Lewis's principles, just as I believe. Uh, in fact, Lewis, if he were listening to this podcast, uh, he might be surprised. Oh, that's what you've labeled that. Oh, holistic, intentional. I don't think Lewis would necessarily use those labels. I'd be interested in knowing what he would think about uh, his, what he was doing. Yet I find clear evidence, as I document in my book, and as I hope I've shared here today, that the corollary principles are found within Screw Tape himself. His his advice. You can find the evidence in what he says. It's about. It's, so it's more than a book about psychology. I think it's a book about what the devil whispers in your ear. It's a book about communication. It's a devil's guide to communication and how to do that. And the the image I just had in my head there for just for a moment was of Da Vinci's Last Supper with the negative space, because in the same way, it's not just what the devil communicates, it's also what he keeps out. Yes, what he limits and what he suppresses and what he keeps from us and what he wants, he wants it to be self-focused. And I guess one, one last application, David, that I would make as I continued to think about Lewis and communication and, and certainly after now pondering the devil's guide to communication, I make an argument, and this may be my next project in terms of fleshing this out, but I, I think that these are not only C.S. Lewis's principles of communication, but this is how God communicates with us. God is holistic. God uses every means possible, reason and imagination. He uses symphonies. He uses sunsets. He uses nature. He uses the love of a friend. God's way of communicating with us is holistic. It is certainly not limited. The second principle, God is intentional. God is very clear. There's, there's not an uncertainty about what God's mission is. 
that the the law of the Lord is perfect in restoring the soul, that God has a purpose. It's not hidden. God does everything God can to communicate what that purpose is, to lead us to God. God is transpositional. Well, that's almost self-defining. If transpositional is from the higher to the lower, in Lewis's sermon on transposition, Lewis says that gives us some insight to the incarnation. Lewis makes that observation. And so what better of way of coming from higher to lower to have God join us, to have God Emmanuel with us, to come from higher to lower to teach us. How does God communicate with us? Holistically, intentionally, coming with us, making the word flesh, making the ineffable effable. God uses the principle of evoking. God uses the still small voice within us. God uses and has part of the, the purpose and plan of the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So it comes from within us. We have that evidence. And that's the evidence. That's what ultimately led C.S. Lewis to faith, was there were lots of arguments and words, but it eventually came to him realizing, ah, this is, this is where the truth is. And that's how God works. And finally, God knows the hairs on our head. God is audience-centered. God knows us. God created us. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. So as I, I thought about Lewis's principles of communication, I think there's more I want to say about these ideas of giving us some insights to not only Lewis's principles of communication, but celestial principles of communication. How does God communicate with us holistically, intentionally, by definition, it's transpositional that gets out of us, evokes those messages because he knows us so very, very well. Uh, the devil, well, he does just the opposite. Uh, he, he limits and obfuscates and blasphemy and suppresses and keeps the focus on ourself. Um, that in and of itself suggests that uh, God would not do those things. God would do just the opposite of those things. Uh, so uh, that's part of my journey and study through, through what Lewis is teaching me about communication, what the devil teaches me about communication, and what we can learn about celestial communication, right? thinking about the writing and the work of C.S. Lewis. Wonderful. And I'm going to save you a conversation with Andrew Lazo. I can guarantee you that when you talk to him about this celestial communication being high T, he is going to say, well, you could just apply this to till we have faces. <laughs> because here you have Lewis himself speaking about how the gods speak to Orwell. Yes. Yes. Well, without question, I think that there is, you can apply the principles of, of high T to uh, not only in reverse to screw tape, but in a positive way to my friend Andrew's brilliant analysis of Till We Have Faces, so without question. And again, I would think that, and I suggest that all of Lewis can be understood. There may be other principles. Do I say this is the only thing, only way? Uh, I, I look forward to conversation with others who may see other insights. But these five baskets of ideas, uh, I think, are have been helpful to me. And for me, as I 
cataloged and classified and transcribed Lewis's approach to communication. Uh, it all fits. I can find them in one of these baskets, what Lewis does. And what I've tried to document in my own writing and research is how does Lewis do that? And But more importantly, what can we learn? How, what a, rather than just being an academic exercise or a clever way of, okay, oh, that's clever, how the devil can but I think there's something that can have practical benefits for us. Part of what teaching communication to other people does is it helps them be aware of when false communication is coming their way. When I teach public speaking, it's not only to teach people to be better communicators, but it's also to be better adjudicators of the messages that come to them, to be more critical. So when you hear messages that are limited and obfuscate and are making the good bad and attempts to suppress and be self-centered, perhaps you'll say, ah, that that perhaps is not a holy message, but that's coming from another place. Uh, That's what I hope my my ideas and my work is useful. And I look forward to more conversations and hearing from others of what they might think about some of these ideas about both C.S. Lewis screw tape, and more importantly, celestial principles of how God seeks to reclaim us and invite us. And again, that's a process of communication. That's what he's doing. During this season, in each of the episodes when we've done a letter, we've had a song of the week where I've chosen a song which I thought really summed up the letter. And I haven't been doing that for After Hours episodes, but I think if I did it for this one, it might perhaps be the Casting Crown song, Voice of Truth, where in the lyric, the singer speaks about hearing all these different voices in the world, but he sifts it out and he listens to one voice in particular, the voice of truth. Uh, And using some of these techniques, you can help discern uh, what, what, what... when good is being communicated and when it might be coming from another kind of source. Dr. Bibi, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me today. As things draw to a close, can you please tell people where they can buy your book, C.S. Lewis and the Craft of Communication, uh, whether or not you're going to write a screw tape book as well, and where people can find out more about you and your work. I'd be delighted. I'm uh, My book, C.S. Lewis and the Craft of Communication, you can find it on Amazon, the Pandemic has had an effect on supply, but it is, uh, when I checked this morning, it is available on Amazon. It's also available from my publisher. My publisher is Peter Lang, so you can go to the Peter Lang website. And uh, I also have a website that is stephenabb.com, all one word, stephenabb.com. So that will link you to my website. And if, if individuals have questions or comments or uh, concerns, I'd be delighted to visit with them. And my uh, email address is sbb at txstate.edu. So I'd be happy to, to visit and if there are questions or concerns. But yes, I, I plan to continue my work and research on C.S. Lewis. And I've got some ideas for where I might go next with my next Lewis project. And probably it will have something to do with C.S. Lewis and the craft of communication. Wonderful stuff. And I'm sure there are going to be continued conversations over on our Slack channel, which listeners can join by supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash pints with Jack. And we'd like to thank our top tier supporters for helping us produce this episode. Jeff, Chris, John, Kate and Rowdy. And please join us next time when we'll be going further up and further in. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.